Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 61. You cannot give up. You can never give up because it's your dream and you're the one that's going to have to make it a reality. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar shop, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I am thrilled to have joining us Shelly Rosen. Shelly is the founder and CEO of Lux Bloom, which is a venture-backed Chicago-based startup. Lux Bloom delivers transformative innovation by offering natural, long-lasting rose arrangements to luxury business operators on a subscription basis. Lux Bloom roses do not require water or refrigeration to keep their subtle beauty, and they last 60 days. Shelly was an executive director at McDonald's Corporation for over 12 years. There she directed global strategic planning efforts in the areas of innovation, global brand strategy, and issues management. Thanks for joining us, Shelly, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Sue. Great to be here. Is there anything else you think we should add to your intro? Well, I guess we could just tell everybody out there that it's never too late to be a late-blooming entrepreneur. So my introduction that you gave was the first part of my life. Now this is the second part, (laughs) the plan B part. There you go. I am so excited to get into this whole story, and I want everybody who is not listening on audio but anywhere near your computer or when you get to your computer later, you have to look at the product that Shelly has. These roses are unbelievable, and you're going to hear the whole story right now as we get started, but absolutely, definitely, when you can, you've got to see this product. It is you can't really explain it until you see it. That's what I have to say about that, Shelly. <laughs> You're right, Sue. You're absolutely right. Seeing is believing. Exactly. So, all right, I want to start, and as our listeners know, we like to get a little bit of an indirect feel from you by talking about a motivational candle. If you were to create your very own candle, what color would it be, and what would be the quote on that candle? Well, I know for sure my favorite color is red because it's a color of passion and insight and it does so happen to be the top selling rose color in the world by far because it's the color of love right red is the color of love (laughs) red is a romance color but for sure the top selling rose color worldwide by 70 percent of all rose sales is red so that's kind of a fun little fact and i think the word passion is sort of the link to the quote and sort of the idea and i actually had this hanging on my bedroom door in high school And I've never really found a quote that beats this quote. And it says, winners never quit and quitters never win. And the idea behind this quote is you got to get in the game and you got to go the distance and have the stamina because in the end, if you place enough bets, you're bound to be a winner. So this guides me in my personal and professional life and with my friends and and all sorts of things because uh, especially being an entrepreneur, You cannot give up. You can never give up because it's your dream and you're the one that's going to have to make it a reality. Right. And when you hit obstacles, you just figure out a way around them, over them, under them, through them, whatever you need to do. Go through that wall, Sue. Absolutely. 
we were talking before in our pre-chat if we were going to share with the audience that we know each other. And I've just decided since you brought up where this quote came from, Shelly and I have known each other since high school and lost touch. We really haven't talked for a while except at reunions, etc. And we were actually pretty close, you know, on and off during high school, actually, right? Yeah. And so now we have reestablished our connection and I don't remember that quote hanging on your door, Shelly, but what I remember about your bedroom is your super cool, up-to-date furniture. Do you guys remember that modular, kind of geometric-shaped furniture? Shelly had the latest and the greatest, and my bedroom was the old, traditional stuff, and I was always so jealous. I just had to throw that in there. So now getting back on topic, I don't know the whole story about the roses. I kind of know from an outside perspective. So I'm going to hear this along with you guys. But I will tell you, she is one rock star, not only when she was with McDonald's, but in in providing this product. So we are going to carry on here. So let's talk, Shelly, now about Lux Bloom. How in the world did you get this idea of creating a rose like this? Where did that come from? Well, actually, I'm going to be real honest. I did not invent the idea of preserving the rose. The Egyptians, 3,000 plus years ago, invented preserving with the technique of embalming using sugar water. And many, many years ago, actually in Japan, a man took the idea of embalming, which is glycerin water, and began to apply it to flowers. So in a market like Japan, the idea of preserving flowers is very much part of the culture. Where I got the idea for the actual business, because it's virtually unknown in the U.S., is that I was doing some consulting company that has what's called a subscription-based business model, which for those of you out there, basically what that means is you pay someone something every month to get that product. Netflix, your garbage removal. Anyway, it's a monthly fee. And in 2009 and 10. I was noticing that the luxury industry was going through a big dramatic downside. No more chocolates on the pillow. The floral industry is shrinking at this time. Florists are closing. But yet luxury brands still need to put that last detail to the finish. It's a really long story how I saw the product in London and worked really hard to try to find, well, where do I get it? Because it was not available in America. And I found through some actual connections through McDonald's Ecuador, a farm in Ecuador who made this product. And we began a relationship. It's the only woman-owned farm in the entire country of 700 rose farmers. And she was working on this technology. I smashed together the subscription-based business model, which is a winning business model, with the idea of providing luxury businesses rose arrangements on a recurring basis. And finally, what I want to say about it is in the early stage of a company, when you have an idea, you need to get the proof of concept. You have to vet the idea to see if your promise is there. But I urge all of you out there to make sure that you have a sound business model because you might be able to execute it. But if the financials don't make sense, it's not a good venture. So by combining that with my background at McDonald's and learning about predictability and consistency and creating quality experiences, We've smashed all that together to deliver recurring rose arrangements to leading luxury businesses without compromising the beauty that a luxury business demands. 
Wow, that's a lot of experience and knowledge in a few a few minutes here. Okay, I want to back it up, and I again we see this all the time, gift biz listeners. It's watching your environment around you, identifying an area where there's a hole, there's a need, something's missing. You know, during the time that Shelley's talking about, people were cutting back on budget. Why would you think even luxury facilities are going to start buying something bigger, better? more beautiful, but Shelley found the way and the system and the foothold in, if you will. The other thing now, Shelley, I want you to share with everybody so they understand how businesses have to start. Where were you conducting your business when you were first starting? Well, I was starting in the basement. There you go. That's exactly what I wanted you to tell everybody. (laughs) I literally took the basement and created a little office and a a rose room area. And my first employee was a floral designer. And we took one of the back bedrooms and turned it into her working studio where the roses were stored and the vases and a little production area. And we would cart the rose arrangements in and out of the house until the UPS and FedEx guys were starting to come every day for pickups. And we basically made it a working office and people would come visit us and we'd have fun lunches because I had the kitchen, but we made do until we ended up winning the Hugo Boss account for Christmas of 2013. At that time, we would have had to order five to 6,000 rose heads and make 400 rose arrangements to ship to 50 Hugo Boss stores from Hawaii to Boston. And I was saying to myself, okay, I could move all the furniture out of my living room (laughs) and like move everything out of my house because I'd have to do that in order to have made this order. So we decided to start looking for space and luckily found a warehouse that had been unoccupied from a former place. And we moved in to the warehouse September 2013. The roses import arrived in October and we made our first huge, huge shipment just in time from the basement to to get this uh, particular order out with big pallets and lots of shipping and lots of people helping pull this together. Wow. Were you freaking out when you said yes and agreed to do this job? Well, I think this is part of the, a little bit of the advice. One of the fun stories is my first account was the Waldorf Astoria in New York City, which is one of the most prestigious hotels in America. It's the entire city block of Fifth Avenue and 50th. Presidents and diplomats stay there, and I ended up calling on them. The particular client was showing me various floral arrangements, and they kept saying, well, can you make this? Can you make this? And I kept saying yes to her, but on the inside, I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I do think there's a little bit of faking it till you make it and having the belief in yourself that you're going to figure it out, whether that means engaging someone else, asking for advice, or being honest with the client and saying, okay, I can't make exactly this, but here's what I can do. And so in the Hugo Boss situation, once we had already said we were at the Waldorf and at the Carlisle in New York, they're like, oh, okay, well, then this is a valid firm. But in that case, I had never shipped that many rose arrangements with such high pressure because they were on display for the holidays and a very fancy boutique. So faking it till you make it and then having the confidence to ask yourself, what questions don't I have answered so that I can pull in the right resources to get the job done? 
And I think that's the point. I mean, there's two things here. Number one is you, when you're presented with these opportunities, even though you're so anxious, grab them because you don't know if they're going to come again and then figure out and be resourceful and call in experts who know whatever you need to do to get the job done then. But don't pass anything up just because you're a little anxious or you don't have the total plan yet. Big point, because a lot of people, you know, especially entrepreneurs who are just starting, there's always the, okay, well, but, or maybe I'll do this, but. I mean, how many people do you hear who think they're going to start a business and then they're talking about it forever or they're going to write that book? Look what Shelly did. I mean, she had some high power. I mean, had you not performed, Shelly, those are big time names that your reputation, you would have been in trouble. Very serious. So it was either going to go really, really well or really not well for you. Mm -hmm. You grabbed on, said you were going to do it, and look at where you are now. Great insight. All right. You and I have both been in the marketing advertising world. Share with everybody a little bit about what you're talking about when you say proof of concept. Okay. So in the early stages of a business, you have some idea on a piece of paper or you may have written a business plan, but you got to prove it. Execute it. You've got to be able to make money on it. You have to deliver on the promise that you're making to your potential customer. So in my case, the proof of concept was, one, does anyone even want to buy this because they don't even know about it? No one's ever heard of Preserve Roses. Two, can I successfully import it from a foreign country, having never done that? Three, can I make a rose arrangement that is something someone would buy because it doesn't work like real flowers. We glue it in and we use wire. It's all constructed. And three, most importantly, can I ship it from my office to the front lobby of the St. Regis Hotel without any incidents? And this is critical because every single detail matters when you're serving a luxury business and you can't just promise quality. You have to exceed and out-execute on quality. So we did drop test shipping with Federal Express. The FedEx guys were sitting in my kitchen table like, who is this person and why are we here? This must not be a real business. I said, please trust me and please work with me because I want to work with leading suppliers. And they did. And so they drop test shipped it from Memphis and do the shake the gorilla and do everything that they do to a package to make sure that it worked. And I would say 98% of the time we get it to the front door without any issues. Back to the question is, I decided what proof of concept would be for actually the concept. The final aspect of proof of concept is, is it a viable business? So yeah, I made the rose arrangement. I know what my margins are on the product, but is there a there there? Is what you're trying to invent marketable and does someone want to pay what you would like to sell the product for? This is key because a lot of people have ideas and they can't execute them or a lot of people can execute, but they don't make money on it. It's the combination and the gestalt of everything to get to proof of concept. So we definitely have proof of concept with credit worthy customers and super luxurious brands that say yes to Lux Bloom. So did you go and present the idea to people first just to see, or how did you get to the point, not the product portion, but that people would actually purchase it? What type of steps did you take to make sure and to ensure proof of concept for Lux Bloom? First, I had to get my import broker's license to conduct my first import from a foreign country. You have to get cleared through Homeland Security and a lot of events to be a broker. A lot of people may say, oh yeah, get your license. You can, it just takes a little bit of time. And then working out the details with cargo and logistics. So we got our first import and I decided 
to make some samples at my cost, fly to New York, and attend a meeting called the Luxury Marketing Meeting, which isn't really a marketing group. It's just a group of luxury brands in New York. And I had asked the man that runs the group if I could give some samples of my product to some people to try. And so I made some samples with a little brochure and I had given it to people like 20 people. And one of them was the person at the Waldorf Astoria. And essentially she took it. And the next day I was still in New York and I see on my cell phone, the number of the Waldorf Astoria comes up and she explains who she is. And she says, I have to say, I just took your rose apart. I got a sample at this party last night. I took it apart. Is this real? (laughs) And I said, it is. And she said, well, where's the water? And I explained the process and she said, would you mind coming over? Because our floral budget is literally crushing my operating P&L, but we have to have flowers. So I came over and this is where the fake it till you make it comes through. She took me on a tour and kept asking, can you make this? Can you make this? Can you make this? And I said, well, I know I can make these things. I can try to make these things. And she said, well, I'll give you a chance. And if it works and you do save me money, I will convert the buy from this super fancy florist in New York City to you. We did it. I literally was on the floor in the tanning salon gluing the roses into the vase because I didn't know how to ship it yet. And uh, we did the installation and it's three years and we have never looked back. She was my first client. She believed in me. I knew that I would do whatever it took to execute this to the last detail, including if something happened, I would fly back and fix it, which a local florist could have just come over. And according to her, we are saving 56% of her operating cost on floral without compromising beauty in one of the most luxurious hotels in the country. Wow. And I wouldn't even say without compromising beauty. I would say enhanced beauty because the color and the style of the roses, they all look perfect and the colors pop. So I get shivers when I listen to that story, Shelly. That is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So proof of concept, you guys, this was a perfect demonstration. When you listen to what Shelly was saying, she has the end result she has to get to, and then she backed it up step by step. She identified what she needed to do. She listed the different steps she had to take. Then she was testing. Then she revised to make sure that the product was right. So that was all on product production side. Then she had to make sure there was a market for it. And what did she do? She got herself in front of people, provided product, gave them the experience, and you landed a big one right from the start, and you haven't looked back. That's right. (laughs) Give us another time. This all sounds beautiful. The story's great. You have presented us with some challenges. Is there another roadblock, a really big barrier that came right in front of you that you just weren't sure you were going to be able to overcome? There's two big barriers to the growth of my company. One is securing capital. And the other is human capital and great talent and labor that can do what we do and has our work ethic and standards and quality. So the first with regard to capital, naively, I thought that I would be able to drive enough sales myself to operate the company. But as you know, when you move out of your basement, now you pay rent, insurance, all sorts of extra costs. You have a monthly burn rate. While we've kept the burn rate low of the operating costs of the company, We still need to capitalize the company by hiring more great people. And I have to say, many have tried and nobody has really been able to sell the Lux Bloom Promise, which is a barrier to my growth. So those two things could impede me getting to be a really big company. 
We compete for capital all the time. We are in what we call the Shark Tank pitches in Chicago. We're big in the venture community. These pitches work like Shark Tank. You go in, you get 10 minutes to talk about your value proposition, your finances. There's investors in the room, and at the end, they say yes or no. Um, And we've done hundreds of them. But we're competing in Chicago for capital in technology. And right now, technology and healthcare investors are more interested in those kinds of businesses than what I'd call a product-based cost of goods business. But yet, we continue to try. In terms of hiring people, I have to say we use many sources on the internet. I was just on the phone with a recruiter. I think in the early years of my life, you had a job and you had to do that job. And if you stepped in someone else's sandbox, you'd be in trouble. In the entrepreneur world, many of you know, you have to do many jobs, sort of a hub and a spoke. So we look for people that have one outstanding skill, but have the ability to possibly do other things because an entrepreneur business cannot afford to hire one to do each job. This is one of the barriers of growth, but we continue to believe that if we become a brand to watch, that people will want to join our company and want to be part of something that is really innovative and solving some problems. Wonderful. I love the point where you're talking about in terms of hiring, you're hiring for one really huge strength, but then the ability to take on other tasks as well. That's great insight, something for all of us to think about and remember for our businesses. Moving on, I know you've recently been on QVC. What types of things, and maybe it is that, but what types of things do you find move the needle the most for you? There's two aspects of our business, B2B, business to business, and B2C, business to the consumer. We've held off on the consumer aspect because consumers, when it comes to flowers, have very specific requests, and a consumer is buying one flower arrangement, and a business is buying cases and cases and cases of flowers. So our focus has been on businesses, but we are in pilots for the consumer. In terms of things that have made a difference for us in terms of sales, we had been pitching Saks Fifth Avenue of New York City because they have beautiful window displays. And we always thought, well, maybe we could just sell them rose heads and they could do something on their own. After months and months and months of pitching, I mean months, the Saks Fifth Avenue team wrote us a letter in December of 2014 and said, I'm sorry, we really like your product, but we're going in another direction. But keep in touch with us. Christmas comes and goes and whatever idea they wanted to do was not able to be executed. So at the last minute, they called us back a month later and said, we'd like to award you the entire Saks Fifth Avenue assignment. It's 100,000 roses in 33 windows on Fifth Avenue, 49th and 50th. And after I fell off my chair, what what month was that? That was January 2015, and the windows had to be up the last week of April. Now, remember, I have a product from God. God grows the roses. This is not made in a factory in China. So my first call was to the farmer, and I explained the situation and really worked hard on the partnership to say we must supply this assignment. And not only supply it, but Sachs asked us to make it. So we worked with Chanel, Dior, Tom Ford, all the leading brands on their designs, and we literally glued in all the windows of Saks Fifth Avenue, and we did it in 11 days tirelessly from 5 a.m. to midnight, gluing in the roses and making the designs. If you go to luxbloom.com under the gallery section, you'll be able to see what we did in this show-stopping window-after-window display. And this particular promotion got attention from NBC Today Show, which is across the street from Saks. 
many people had called going, oh my God, how did you make a wedding dress out of roses? You have to see it to believe it. So it changed us from being, yes, we can do it, to being on the stage of flawless execution for one of the most leading luxurious brands in the country. And that made a real difference from our B2B business. Finally, on QVC, the QVC scout was watching the Today Show and saw us and thought, oh my God, these roses are so colorful. The lady at home is gonna want to have these colors. QVC viewers love things that have colors, products with colors. And after much vetting and many meetings, this world-class company called QVC, we had gone to see if we could even do it. I didn't know how to do it. Fake it till you make it. And uh, went down there and it's a very long story. It's a story in and of itself, but we were on air April 5th and on back on air this week, May 17th, with a special collection we call the Teacup Collection, designed exclusively for the lady at QVC. So we now have two really big case histories, B2B and B2C, and a lot of learning ahead of us to decide what is the right direction to go forward. And possibly both. And possibly both, with enough capital to hire the right people to do it. Right. Well, I encourage all of you, you've got to go online and see those pictures. I remember when that was happening, Shelly, because everyone in high school is like, oh my gosh, you see these windows, you know, (laughs) our whole high school Facebook page is like, Shelly. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah, you've got to see it, you guys. You just, you don't understand it until you actually see it. I was saying that at the top of the show. All right, Shelly, we're going to move now into our reflection section. This is a look at you and what has made you successful along the way, over and above even everything that you've already talked to us about. What natural trait do you have that you continually call upon so that you are successful? It's one thing, and it's kind of related to the quote, but it is what I call belligerent perseverance. Being perseverant is one thing, but being belligerent not to others but about yourself and your goal is sort of the only way that you can make things happen. It's a very competitive world. And right now the economy, you know, the workforce has changed, the internet has changed things. And in order to achieve your dream, you have to pursue with a rigor and a belligerence that can get you to that end zone, that can get you through, break you through the clutter. And I liken that to combining belligerent perseverance with making sure that you're delivering quality experiences for the price the customer pays. Going over the top and delivering that with attention to what if you were the customer? I'm right now in the middle of emailing a customer. We just want a cruise ship and they're trying to find the order because the ship is sailing. So I'm looking at my screen thinking, oh my God, the FedEx guy got there on time and the boat's leaving and they can't find the package. I have to make sure that I am obsessed with the last mile every day on every detail so that carries over into my business got it well good luck with that the luxury cruise (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's what has made you successful first of all in the development of the product like we were talking about your listing everything that needs to be done every step along the way i'm quite sure you have all of those processes and systems throughout your whole organization just to make sure that everything is checked off and done to the utmost gold standard level that's possible Along those lines, what type of tool, if there was one thing that you use regularly almost every single day that you would share as your most valuable tool in business, what would it be? I'm so glad you asked this because I just was talking to someone about it. I use a piece of paper, literally with lines on it, and a pencil, and every night before I leave the office or go to bed, I make the to-do list for the next day, 
and the master to-do list. I tried everything. I tried file faxes, notes in Outlook, computer programs. It doesn't work. I literally focus on A and B priorities. I always eat the broccoli on the plate first. I do the worst thing that I have to do first. I get to work very early. I don't wait till seven o'clock to start working on the finances. It's just, that's not a good idea. So I eat the broccoli on the plate first and I obsess about the to-do list, not because I like to cross things off, but I can't be belligerently perseverant to move these rocks every day unless I'm moving the business. So it's simple, it's near free. (laughs) You can get a pad of paper at Office Depot. And I stick to the list because I know every day I'm gonna be interrupted for sure in an operating business. But if I don't have the list, then I I don't really know what I have to achieve. Super simple, everybody can do it. It's the pencil and paper. And I know you didn't say pen, you said pencil. Pencil. It's the the pencil and paper, but it's what you do with those. And I love that, Shelly, you eat the broccoli on the plate first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stealing it, I'm using it. (laughs) Okay, I always do, right. All right. And in terms of books, have you listened or read any books lately that you would like to share with our audience? Sadly, not even close. I work about 15 to 17 hour days. So there's no books, but I am on my way to Japan on Saturday and it's a 22 hour flight. So I'm hoping to find something to read. And if any of your listeners have any ideas of something that would be inspiring, I'm I'm open. I will send you over an email with a number of books that I think are fabulous. How about that? Great. Thank you, Sue. (laughs) You're welcome. And Gift Biz listeners, as you know, on all of our show notes pages, we always recommend all of the books that our guests suggest. And just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks while you're walking your dog, doing laundry, whatever it might be. I've teamed up with Audible and you can get a free audiobook. Just go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection and an audiobook is on me. How about that? Even for you, Shelly. Wow, thank you. <laughs> All right, now I would like to invite you to dare to dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this would be your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift from all of us and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? I love this question. Oh my God. It's like a fairy godmother. The first is investment capital. I need to capitalize this company to grow. So the gift would be a really wonderful investor who believes in Lux Bloom and the promise that we're delivering and wants to be an angel and helping us make our vision a reality on a broader scale. The second would be, I talk a lot about luck because I don't believe in luck. The way that I think people get lucky is by planting seeds, thousands of seeds. I tell this story a lot is if you read anything about how a bamboo forest grows in Asia, you have to plant the seeds and year one, nothing happens. Year two, nothing happens. I mean, nothing, not a bud, nothing. And then one day overnight in 48 hours, an entire bamboo forest appears out of nowhere. It's a miracle actually. I've been planting bamboo seeds now for three years (laughs) and I am seeking to create our bamboo forest with qualified leads, wonderfully happy clients and happy consumers. So I think the second thing in the box would be seeds to plant more bamboo forests for lots of bloom. 
There you go. And I think what you're talking about with the bamboo seeds is so powerful because as entrepreneurs, you go places, you never know what seed you drop along the way is going to be the one that's just going to blow everything out of the water. So that's right. That's a great analogy as well, for sure. All right. Gift Biz listeners, go over to the show notes page. I'm going to have all of Shelly's social media sites, the website. I want you guys to go and take a look at this product. It is unbelievable. I've said that a million times, but that's because I don't lie to you. It is. And we're going to continue watching you, Shelly, on your journey and what happens. And there is no question in my mind that those bamboo seeds all of a sudden are going to be turning into this wild, big floral forest in your case. (laughs) (laughs) On behalf of all our listeners, we wish you all the best. Good luck. Travel safely to Japan this weekend. And we will definitely be following you. Go on to QVC next time when she's doing the teacup roses. We all need to get our own, of course. And may your candle, Shelly, always burn bright. Sue, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And good luck, everybody. Keep supporting each other and all good things will happen. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by The Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out theribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of gift biz great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. That's giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash G-U-E-S-T.